in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Live from Shenzhen, it's two white chicks in China. I'm your co-host Nora Wilson, <laughs> broadcasting live from our studio in Gigabud's office. <laughs> That was nice. <laughs> uh, how can I? All, all I'm just gonna say is I'm Holly. <laughs>、uh, I just don't know how to begin these things. You know, it's always really awkward in the beginning. Hello, anyone out there?、Yeah. Are、Guessing? you listening? <laughs> <laughs> is there anybody out there trying to contact the UFOs? Just not if you can hear me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Holly. Cool. Tell us what we've got on the table today. I will. So we have a nice review、Yay. from China Bob, our bestie. Yay, China Bob. Yeah. Oh, thanks for the picture of the Marmite、uh, T-shirt, cycling shirt. When would、cool. you ever need that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. It seems such a random thing to put on a shirt, but I appreciate it. You guys are crazy for your Marmite. Yeah, but it's one. Of, do you know that the slogan for Marmite is "You either love it or you hate it." Ah,、oh. I think that's quite accurate for most people. You think so? You hate it, don't you? I'm in the hate category. I'm a, in the love category. I would like you to one day try it on crumpets because I know you're a crumpet fan. I am a crumpet. Crumpets, fan. Crumpets, butter, marmite. You only need a teeny tiny, like a little, like a tiny spread of marmite. I, I'd be definitely be willing melty, to melty try. Melty butter, it's awesome. I mean, and tea. Yeah. Well, I always thought a crumpet. What, I always for I don't know what for what reason, but I always thought a crumpet was like a small cookie, like a sweet cookie.、Oh. So imagine my surprise when、and、I pleasure, yeah, I and pleasure when I arrive and and it's more like what we call an English muffin. It's better, but it's kind of more like what we call an English muffin, but it's spongier and fatter. And when we had it, it was drowned in butter. I don't know if that's the typical way、yeah. to do it, but it was like drowning、way. in butter. It was so good. Yeah, I am literally drooling right now.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for those out there who haven't heard of Marmite, can you describe what it is?、Uh, it's a it's it's gonna sound disgusting. It's yeast extract、um, in a. It's black. It's like tar, and you <laughs> spread it on your it's breakfast. Like you spread it on your toast. Um, but it's very, very strong, and it's a very acquired taste.、Um, so black, tarry, yeasty. Yeah, it doesn't、substance. doesn't sound good at all. But it's so salty; it's it's just amazing.、Mm. It's we, I guess.、Um, we we also have bovril. I don't know if that's、uh, something that's over the pond. No, never heard of that before. It's like bovril,、uh, but in a in a paste、mm. farm. You just gotta try it. I guess so. Pretty much, yeah. But going back to your English muffin comment, because I can't let it go. I have still <laughs> not solved the difference because we also have English muffins. Oh, okay. But I will. I guess. I guess that's the the best comparison. But I I wouldn't say that an English muffin, in my, for like, what I know of an English muffin is, like a crumpet. So I don't know if our English muffins are different, and I have not solved the problem. The reason the, the, that I say they're like a crumpet, because、um, they are they are different,、mm-hmm, but, the, but to me they're the closest thing right, that I've found、right. in the U.S. that we eat, like people would be aware of. Yeah.、Um, 
the reason is when you cut them open, the inside has those kind of holes which in is a it, bit holy, isn't it, which is similar to the crumpet where you have all those holes. And I, the yeah. dough to me tastes similar. Um. But with an English muffin, obviously you have... Because is your English muffin the same as our English muffin? That's it. That's what I'm not sure of. Okay. That's where the dilemma lies. Like yeah. That's small and round yeah. and w- kind of white-ish. Yes. And then they, the outside is kind of like a crust. Yes. And the inside is fluffy, but it has holes in it. See, the hole part is where I'm getting stuck because from my recollection, our English muffins are not holy or not that holy. Okay. I would say the inside is a bit like a bit fluffy, but I w- it's not like a bagel though. That's what I'm saying because like like a, no, it's not like, like with a bagel, bagel. The inside it's is solid. like so dense. Yes, all the that's way it. through. That's but with the, the English yeah. muffin, it's like it's got squishiness on the inside. Yeah, yeah which you is know somehow what? what reminds me of a crumpet. I think that they're probably the same. <laughs> We've been talking for a while. It's about It's important. It's, it's important. <laughs> and everyone out there, because now I'm, I'm hoping that Bob will send me a picture of crumpets. <laughs> Are there crumpets in China? Have you seen them? I have not seen them. Have you? Can you I get, guess in can Hong you get Kong. Them, can you get them in the USA? Um, crumpets? Probably in specialty shops in big cities, but I, it's not, definitely not a common thing to find. I found Marmite. I've seen Marmite. Mm. Definitely. But it was super expensive. Right. In the little tiny, there was this like one meter long imported section in a Walmart I went into many, many years ago. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> is peanut butter expensive for you guys? No. no. Is it common? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's not, I think it's, it, it is common, but I, I think, you know, we, we still like our jams and marmalades and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. How did we get on? The- oh, Bob, China Bob. So what did he say? <laughs> he said, great podcast. I myself have been living in China full time since 1998. So of course, much of what is covered in the question answer format, I already know. But I do very much enjoy hearing about it through another's perspective. I like that the girls are very thorough in their research on people's questions. They are doing a wonderful service for all that wish to visit this wonderful country. Keep up the good work. Oh, Bob. He's great. nice. And again, I mentioned last time on the show, but again, I do encourage people who are interested in hearing more from him because he does have so mm-hmm. many years of experience to pop over to our show notes, um, writtenchinese.com slash episode, whatever. He's mm-hmm. commented on a ton of them. Yeah. So you can check out what he says about different topics and it's super insightful. And it's really great to hear. Yeah. And you can follow him on Discuss so you can keep tabs on what he's writing about mm-hmm. it's pretty prolific cool. yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so um I'll, i've got a news article um which is sl- slightly related to our our question today uh so mm. the headline is teenager swallows thumbtack to <laughs> win 200 renminbi bet loses in the end Oh, um, so for those Brits out there who don't know what a thumbtack is, it's it's a pinboard pin basically, but like one with a flat head that are maybe gold or silver or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what we would. That's what we would call it. Oh, a I didn't realize you had a different name yeah. for thumbtack. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Uh, so basically, <laughs> uh, uh, the sixteen-year-old boy. 
uh, had a bet with his classmates that he could swallow a thumbtack um, oh, for 200 kwai. Um, not only that, okay, by the way, if you're a bit squeamish, you might want to just like block your ears for, for a few <laughs> minutes. He also managed to drive three ballpoint pen refill tips into his abdominal cavity, cav- cavity through his navel. Don't ask me how. What? I don't even know how that's possible, but the, when I read that line, I was like, Ooh. Wait, what? Uh, I don't know. Through his navel, like in through his through? belly button, through, like into his body. Yeah, yeah. T- like his belly button isn't completely closed. I guess not now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, so he he was in, he went to hospital, obviously, and uh, <laughs> this is like only a boy would do. I this. know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is an only in China moment. I feel like uh, there, there. I mean, not that there aren't pillock boys in the West, but anyway. So <laughs> he goes to hospital, and the director of emergency surgery at the Jinan Hospital said that um, it, if they did surgery on him, then it would damage his intestinal tracts. Oh, so guess what? He had to pass it. Oh yes. Oh. Yep. 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 So oh. he had to eliminate eliminate the pin <laughs> naturally. Yep. Oh, so man. after receiving a healthy dose of laxatives, the boy fortunately excreted the pin. <laughs> oh. uh, so, uh, but then obviously they've got to get rid of these p- pen tips. Uh, so um, they used um, a lap. Laparoscope? Laparoscope? I hope that's correct. Um, it, basically, it's an instrument they use. It's a very small instrument that w- can they can use for very minor surgeries, like it can go inside your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and they removed the one centimeter long ballpoint pen tips. Uh, four hours that took. Uh, because they were moving around. And, he, oh, no. <laughs> and the doctor said that he the boy was lucky to come out to come out of it without his intestinal tract and abdominal cavity being punctured. So he's come out of it, like, pretty fine, actually. So what's the lesson, Holly, in it? Um, what's the lesson? Don't swallow things for bets. But he he was fine. He was fine. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, he had to poop out a pin. (laughs) I would say that's not so fine. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. The things that kids do. <laughs> well, he's we did 16? a lot of stupid stuff. He's sixteen. He's sixteen. Yeah, sorry, did I not mention that? Yeah, he's six. He's sixteen. Oh, he's not like eleven. That's old enough. You would think so, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Having said that, I also read another article this week that was. Um, it was about a child actually whose grandmother had. This is this is pretty bad. Uh, his grandmother hadn't taken a nail from him. Like he was playing with like a nail, like a hammer and nail, mm-hmm. um, and he had swallowed the nail. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, but I'm not sure what happened to him. Um, I guess they can <sighs> remove these things, but I guess the question is why didn't the grandmother take the nail from him? I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe she thought he was old enough to know better. He was a baby, I think. Oh, a baby. Like, I mean, baby... Slash like small child. Uh-huh. Still at the age where they put stuff in their mouth, I think. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, apparently, if you're a boy, it never stops. So. 
<laughs> 16 is definitely too old to be doing that kind of Could you imagine? Nonsense. Actually, the more I think about it, the more I just think, like, what the heck? Oh, dear me. But I guess maybe it's different. Maybe if we were boys, maybe we'd be like, yeah, good for you, son. I guess so. Maybe. Because probably our our other halves may have done silly things as boys. Oh, I'm sure. Probably still doing silly things probably. as boys slash men. Well, mine's walking around with a slingshot at all times, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, Barrett brought home ball bearings the other oh, night. No. The other night, yeah. He had gone with Did them. Did he get inspired? I, he hasn't brought anything. He just must have had the pellets with him. And they were rolling around on the coffee table for yeah. about three days. Yeah, I, don't like, know where I find these up. ball bearings everywhere in the house. Yeah, my husband has been rat hunting. It's his new pastime. She's got a slingshot on him at all times, like Dennis the Menace. (laughs) Yeah, he needs a stripy shirt. So funny. (laughs) The guy's like almost 40. (laughs) Well, he needs a hobby. Could be worse. He could be swallowing pins. (laughs) Count my blessings. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So true. Anyway, okay, so uh, should we listen to our question? Let's do it. Hello, guys. This is Christian calling from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying your guys' podcast. I've listened to it for quite a while now, and it's been really eye-opening about China. Uh, One of the questions I had for you was about the schools and the difference between um, teaching English in China and working at an international school. I've had some colleagues and friends work at both, um, and the people who teach at international schools are pretty adamant that they aren't teaching English. So you, could you t- kind of talk about the differences between those two types of teaching jobs? Thanks. Okay, so that must have been the question from, is the same Christian that we received the voicemail, the blank voicemail from? No, different. Before? Oh, a different one. Different, yeah, different guy. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. At least I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Well, anyway, Christian, thanks for the question um, and for listening to the show. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. And you said Barrett's from similar neck of the woods, right? Yeah, he said he was from Raleigh. Raleigh, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah, Barrett's from uh, Greenville, which I understand is quite close. Nice. Southern boys. Southern, yeah. He doesn't sound southern, though, does he? No, but neither does Barrett. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, okay, so where do we start with this? So, um, oh, I'm going to start with saying that I worked in a, quote, international school. Okay. Uh, kindergarten, specifically. Um, so I'm guessing that from his question, he's not in, he's not really asking about international kindergartens. Um, but as a, like, an intro, I want to say, like, international kindergartens in China don't really mean anything. Uh, okay. They can, I think, but from my understanding, international can be used very broadly. Um, there's no, it's not like necessarily a legitimate, a a legitimate like business, like school. Mm -hmm. Um, they can just stick international in there Mm -hmm. in order to get more students or, basically increase the price okay. by a lot 
And all of their pamphlets and uh, materials will have white kids yep. on them. And they probably <laughs> they probably have never had a white child in the school. Right. Yeah. They do. Don't get me wrong. They do um, provide like additional services. Like if it was a non-international school, they might have a foreign teacher, but the foreign teacher might do like one. 30 minute class a day or something. Oh, wow. But for an international class, you'd be expected to take more control, or at least in the school I was in, you're expected to take more control. And um, there was a lot more like English time. Uh, okay. So a lot of the classes um, were meant to be in English, but of course, there needs to be, there was a lot of translation because for these kids, They've never learned English before, so it's there has to be some like Chinese translation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that I guess that was a little bit of a negative start, but <laughs> I I just wanted to get kindies out of the way because I feel like we're addressing uh, like uh, pro- uh, high schools and middle schools, I think. Yeah, or even primary. Or I even mean, primary, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe we can just talk about, in general, what kind of ESL jobs are out there and what the mm. differences are between the institutions. Mm-hmm. So, for yeah, so as Holly mentioned, the international schools, it depends, like, maybe, yeah, maybe kindergarten is a little bit different, but as I understand, let's let's say we're talking about primary school and up. Yeah. For international schools... They are supposed to follow the curriculum for whichever country that they're yes. from. So they have Canadian schools, which follow Canadian curriculum, mm-hmm. or American schools. Mm-hmm. Most of them are from English-speaking countries. Yeah. I haven't really seen a whole lot of... I don't think I've seen, like, a German school or a French school here before. There no. might be, but it's not very common. Yeah, maybe in, like, Beijing and Shanghai, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But, yeah, but not, I don't think there's one in Shenzhen. Yeah, it seems mostly Australian, American, and English. Yeah. So, and, um, so they have, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, more, I guess, do they have more freedom than the public schools? Uh. For the curriculum? Because I feel like with mm. the public schools, the government decides all of the curriculum. Right. And, I mean, the government gives you a really specific set of goals that you need to reach mm-hmm. um, by the end of the year. And by, you know, they have these checkpoints. Right. And then within that, they you know, the school can decide what methods they use to reach those goals. But it's really rigid in terms of what stuff they do have to cover and what kind of things the children need to test well in but for international schools do they does a, i mean how much say do you think the government has uh in their curriculum well i uh since they're private i don't know how i don't know if they do uh, they must have some say but actually i don't know yeah that's one thing to note is that no school in china is really 100% right. private yeah or let's say independent from the government Mm -hmm. they all have there's some element of uh i don't know of governmental involvement in all of them yeah i would say that um probably for the younger students like primary 
primary level. I, I imagine the curriculum is a little bit more flexible. For international. For international. But I, I think that once they're in, like, middle and high school, they probably have to take, uh, eg- like, exams. Now, okay. I, my understanding from, from, like, what I've heard, say, for example, you went to a British, uh, a school with a British curriculum, then you would take like our exams. So once you were sixteen, you would take GCSEs. Oh, okay. And when you were older, you would take A levels. Okay. Um, because I guess the assumption is you'll go to a a, a, a university in the West. So do they not take the infamous Gaokao? I don't know. I'm okay. not sure. Gotcha. Yeah, I wonder how they balance the request because. The testing requirements for the public schools are unbelievably Rigorous. stringent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that Gaokao, which is the final exam for high schoolers, in order to—it's like what they prepare their whole childhood for. Basically, is this one test, yeah. and this test determines their future. I mean, it's a huge deal. Um, if they also have to, like, I'm—I'm I'm not really sure how it works with international mm. schools, whether or not they do the Gaokao and do um the the schools i don't think it, i don't think it would be possible to do both yeah cuz the public schools that they're studying into the wee hours i mean in private too so in private they'll also do that mm. my other my my other thought is that in an international school the first language is english Okay. They predominantly focus on, predominantly, from what I understand, the everything is done in English. Okay. There are Chinese classes, but it's definitely not a balance. Okay, so then that means that in terms of being a teacher, of teaching at an international school, mm-hmm. like Christian mentioned, he said his friends were adamant that they weren't speaking English. Um, you like we we were discussing this earlier mm-hmm. what we thought exactly he meant by that yeah. and i think maybe part of it is that like you mentioned the teachers might be expected to actually teach a subject mm-hmm. i mean not that english isn't but to teach math or science or literature but yeah. in english yeah yeah i think so i think uh i'm i i think it's pro I'm going from the British, like, system, educational system. If you're in, like, primary, you have one teacher, and that one teacher would teach you pretty much all the subjects, unless there's another teacher in the school who has a, uh, who's, who has a specific subject. Say, for example, that teacher's really good at maths, and you might have one session a week where you swap over or something. Mm -hmm. That's what used to happen at home. Um... And then once you're in like high school, middle school and high school, then you basically go to separate teachers. So for example, if you and I worked in an international school, we would have our own subject. Okay. And then the kids would go to you. That's, uh, that's my guess. But, um, but I'm not, I'm not 100% certain. I do know there's a school in Sheko, uh, which name, I think it's an American school. And, um, there are, there are teachers there who had their own subjects. Okay. Like they were advertising for a teacher of science or a teacher of PE or whatever. Yeah, I guess with the international schools, because they're using the curriculum of various countries, um, that they they vary themselves. So so you kind of get the idea for what it's 
for what it's like. Mm -hmm. But it's difficult to tell just because they each have their own curriculum. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but how are they different from the public schools? I think, like, with the public schools, they typically don't have a second language program like that where you would have multiple subjects in a language. Mm -hmm. So with a public school, you would very, it would be very unlikely that you would be teaching an actual subject. Right. So you just, you would just be teaching English. Um, and all the rest of the children's coursework would be in Chinese. Um, and then also in terms of the teaching style in the public schools, they follow the, it's, it's like, pretty much all rote memorization. Yeah. So the kids, what I, because I worked in a public, well, I don't know, actually, if it was a pr- private or public school. I'm not sure. Right. It seemed to be structured like a public, like how I mm-hmm. imagine a public school to be. But it was called a foreign language school, which I don't know what that means, because they own, these, mm. these kids had, it was supposed to be, like, one of the few accredited, I think it was one of the few accredited public schools with a foreign language, I don't know, it was something, it had some special classification, as, and as an outsider, I had no idea, they didn't tell me, I didn't really ask, I guess it didn't, to me that didn't make a difference as, as a teacher, mm-hmm. um, but they had all of their coursework in Chinese, and then they would have 45 minutes with me yeah. every week, once a week, Right. so I had about 1,200 students every week. <laughs> Because I had 60 students in a classroom yeah, with no teaching assistant. And I had those kids only once a week, so there's no way. And so I had about five, maybe five classes per day doing that. And they were middle school students. (laughs) And it was kind of a in terms of, I'm not a trained teacher at all, and I found it's definitely not my vocation. It was a good experience overall, but... um, it was it was tough. I, I think even a trained teacher would struggle in that environment mm. to go into a class say of sixty kids. That's like that's insane to be honest. Like how can you possibly teach that many children at once? And middle school age oh, too. It's God, like they're yeah. the worst. But <laughs> but um the the problem I found with the the whole technique that the government uses the rote memorization was that. So their other classes were so um, unbelievably strict, and the teachers were so harsh. Yeah. And then when they got to my class, it's like, here's this alien. who <laughs> Free for all. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't speak any. I mean, come on, because they had 45 minutes per week with a native speaker. I guess they probably had Chinese teachers who taught them English, but they didn't do a very good job of it, because none of the teachers there could really even speak English. Mm. So, of course, this is in Chengdu. It's not in a major... It was in, like, a smaller city outside of Chengdu, but in Sichuan province. So it's that also makes a difference. If you're in Shanghai or Shenzhen, I mean, it's it's much more, yeah. I think, the quality of the education is higher. But, um, but, yeah, so they couldn't speak any English. So even if I try to yell at them or discipline them, it's just funny to them because it's just like... Yeah, yeah it's just like... Exactly. <laughs> it's like on Charlie Brown. Right, <laughs> right. So, so yeah, it was, it was tough because of that. Because all day they're being tested and disciplined mm-hmm. and they've shoved all this information at them. 
that when it was English class time, it was like, yay, let's make paper airplanes and see how many we can get stuck in Miss Nora's hair. And like, <laughs> let's yeah. be as bad as possible because this is our only chance for freedom. So as a teacher in that environment, it was really rough. So if you are applying for teaching jobs, you want to ask, maybe we should also talk, we've talked a little bit about this before, but a few things you want to make clear is what exactly are your responsibilities? So yeah. whether it's an international school or public school, whatever, just find out exactly what your responsibilities are. What is the curriculum that you're going to be teaching? How many students are going to be in the class? Mm-hmm. And um, what kind of a teaching environment are you going to get? Are you going to have a teacher's aide yeah. to help you with disciplining the kids? Are you going to switch classrooms or are the kids going to come to you? Uh, what, like, what, how do they handle if you have problems? Like, I would just try to find as much information as possible and um, repeat <laughs> Because they might tell you something once and then you ask the same question again and they and tell the you something different. different. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to like keep asking. I did that I did that right just for the apartment cuz when I before I came I was like I don't want to get stuck in some crappy apartment. Mm-hmm. So before I came I said send me photos of every room in the And even as I got my phone I was like right. I'm getting this apartment right. And they said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they brought me to school. I'm getting this apartment, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I get to the actual apartment. It's not the same apartment. Right, and I'm like, awesome. where is this apartment? And then they eventually they arranged it for me. But I had to be really adamant about what I wanted. So it's the same way with your um, responsibilities. Just yeah. make sure that you're forceful and that you're clear about, about what those are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually... Um talked quite extensively about Chinese schools in our episode 30. Oh, okay. So if you're interested to listen more, we, d- we talked a lot, mostly it was about like high schools, wasn't it? Okay. Middle yeah. and high schools. We talked about the, we, we had some like examples of ki- like students and their life and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's wor- worth a listen. Well, I think it's worth a listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. A couple other options you have, though, as a, an English teacher are doing private... So there's, like, private schools, and then there's private language schools, which I don't know what the big difference is between... Private language schools? Is mm-hmm. that, like, a training center? No. Private language schools. No, it's not a training center. So there's like, because with the private schools, they'll take the curriculum of usually some other method, like Montessori or Waldorf, or, you know, they follow some kind of teaching method that's different from the The government. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then the, the private language schools, they're, I guess they're taught in the Chinese way or however they whatever method, so they don't follow a foreign curriculum, right. but they focus on language. Oh. oh, cool. I I was not aware that there was a difference. Yeah, yeah. But I've heard that working with private schools, you might have more of a problem with um, getting your pay <clears throat> payment mm. on time. Um, obviously, that's not true everywhere, but with, at least with the government schools, you you'll like the public schools and probably the international schools too you'd be more likely to have more you wouldn't have to deal with this kind of like 
<sighs> bureaucracy yeah, yeah, where it's like, it. oh, your paycheck's late because of this and that, and I don't know, it's, there can be a lot of problems with, with jobs in general in China, it's... <laughs> yeah, there can often be, like, management issues, I find, like, there can be decisions made or changes made that you know, can uh, could really affect you, but they, it's just like you have no choice. Like, mm-hmm. and sometimes they can be rather trivial. Yep. 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 Mm. Yeah, it's not all rosy. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, so one thing I didn't know um, before we got well, we were going to answer this question was that uh, international schools only accept Chinese students with foreign passports oh right so i know that the um the international schools that are in sherco uh so that's the if you've listened in the past we've mentioned sherco quite a few times and it's like the the area of shenzhen that is home to quite a lot of foreign families Mm -hmm. there's a massive expat community out there so it's a great place to have international schools and compared with some probably some of the international schools like where we are, which is in sort of like the center of the city, there, there are a lot more foreign children there. But if you're you're Chinese, you do need to have a, a foreign passport. Okay. And I, I, I mean, there are lots of tests that you need to take to get in, and I assume that one of the tests would be like an English, like level to to judge your English level. Okay. Um, so one, so my. The one student I still have, he, to get into his school, he had to take a test. Okay. Several, like, written and spoken. Gotcha. hmm Gotcha. So those who hold Chinese passports, there's no doesn't, chance Doesn't them. seem so. Well, but maybe there are, you know, like, there's always a way, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I guess there are probably some who've slipped slipped in, slipped through, slipped the packet under the door, under the table. It's interesting. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, in China you can't, like, Chinese citizens can't hold multiple passports. Mm. So you're either Chinese or you're something else. You can't have, (laughs) you can't, like, you know, you can hold a European and an American passport or, you know, whatever. But Mm -hmm. uh, Chinese passport... I've seen people though, like you. You can definitely get around it, but it's yeah. but it's highly illegal, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that encourages, like, if they want their kids to go to an international school, if it encourages them to renounce their citizenship, or if the draw to go to the schools isn't that strong. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I think we kind of talked a little bit about how... And I suppose it's the same in the West, but having not planned to have children just yet, I guess I haven't thought about it, but it seems as though parents in China really, like, think, like, in advance, put a lot of thought in advance as to to their kids' education, not just kindergarten, but, mm-hmm. like, way in the future. And... Um, because... I. When we dis- I think when we discussed in the episode 30 about Chinese schools, um, something came up about parents b- 
basically uh, having kids in Hong Kong, or it could have been our episode on the on the twins, maybe about how parents. It wasn't about having a Hong Kong passport. It was about saving money for their education in the future. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's like you're really gonna have to have thought about that. Like we're gonna have our child in Hong Kong because when they're sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, it's gonna be cheaper for us for their education. I don't think that way at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably because I know even my friends at home like they had to before they or once they were pregnant they had to start like applying for schools. Wow. Because there's we have a peculiar system at home where you've got to like you've got to be living in a certain area to get into a school, and if you you know if there are too many kids then you're screwed. Like what do you do for your kid? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, off topic slightly. Wow. Yeah, definitely the planning thing is huge here, and they do think they have incredible foresight when it comes to education. They start preparing their kid. I mean, as soon as a baby is born, basically, they're preparing them before the gal cup. (laughs) It's crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah, do you remember the tiger mama thing that I I I mentioned? It was a while ago now. The mother who had... She'd... There was a. It caused a lot of like controversy on social because she had basically posted her son's like schedule for the week, and in the whole week, like he was he was still a child, and he he was up from five in the morning till about eleven at night, and for the whole week he had about half an hour like downtime. Mm -hmm. So there's these uh, some of these parents are like. Mental, yeah. in my opinion, it's yeah, no uh, just kidding. so extreme. There's no childhood. There at is all. no childhood, especially like yeah, as you said earlier, Nora, with the gao cow, Like they once kindergarten is over, like from the age of six, they're like I don't know, trained basically. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's like being a boot camp. I, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I saw, there were always students like because. They would shut off. They, they, it was a boarding school, which a lot mm. of them are, because then you can focus 100% on your studies because you don't have a freedom to yeah. roam around. They were literally fenced in. Yeah. Like, they, if they wanted to go <laughs> to the local shop, they would literally throw money over oh, the yeah. fence, like, to the shopkeepers. Wow. And then they would throw, like, bags of chips or whatever wow. back at them. And that was also illegal. But, like, that, they were, like, literally fenced in. They were not even off, able to go off the grounds at all. Ever? I mean, it, they, I'm so they sure they like took trips and stuff. Well, they, I mean, they were gone on the weekends. Oh, But right. throughout the week, no, it was they were on lockdown. So... And they were kids from 11 till eight to 18, or were they older? Like, st- did the age start um, older? No, it was a primary, middle, and oh. high school. Oh, wow, so even little ones. Yep, even little ah. ones were boarding. Oh, that's terrible. I know. Oh, it makes me feel sad. Yep. It's the reality, though. Yeah. And I would see them, because they would, so they were sleeping in these dorms with other students, and they would turn the lights out at, I don't know, 10, 11, or something like Mm -hmm. that. So they would be up studying, Mm -hmm. like, in the bathrooms. So they'd be, like, sitting on the bathroom sinks. Because that's where the lights were, and like still studying into the wee hours of the night to try to get ahead. Yeah, we talked a bit about competition and stuff, didn't we? It's crazy. 
The competition is so fierce, but the problem is that it doesn't seem to be producing, like, problem solvers, let's just say. Mm. It's creating something. It's, yeah. <laughs> the system, it's like feeding itself. But the out, like, the final outcome is, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a whole lot of happiness in childhood here. Mm. And, freedom talking of what the results of this like rigorous like education from what our colleagues and friends have said uh, Chinese that is is that basically they would cram and just just learn for those exams that's right, all so you were really studying learning. for you're not learning anything it goes in one ear it percolates in the brain till the exam is over and then it leaves <laughs> promptly right like, it doesn't it's just and chinese people seem really good at that yeah they're I'm good not, at like processing i'm not very good at short-term kind of memorization but then often i'll see oh they'll make silly mistakes with math or you know this they, they always mm. say oh they're so much farther ahead in math and sciences than the u.s and on paper that's true but in mm. my daily life i see a lot of mistakes being oh, yeah. made for yeah i don't know like logic not logic, necessarily like math equation logic, if you wrote it right. down on paper fair enough but um if if you have a problem that's a little bit like critical thinking mm-hmm. instead of just like numbers on a paper then yeah. they really struggle yeah. with it a lot of times yeah there's definitely a massive divide between those things i yeah. think yeah where the us it's like almost it's like really practical but yes. it's almost like too pr- I don't know what I I think the there's somewhere in the middle is where you find yeah. the good balance because I think in the US like our typical public school program is kind of a joke. <laughs> mm. I mean it's not really challenging for most kids because right. it's like well, no child left behind so basically yeah, yeah. let's dumb down the curriculum to the lowest level so that everybody can get an A like right. everyone's a winner let's not oh. ruin people's self-esteem. Well I don't believe in that kind of education either. But I wouldn't want to put my kid into the Chinese system either. No. So I don't know. I'm not sure what, where the happy medium is. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Did we answer the question? <laughs> kind of, I guess. I mean, I've never worked. I've only done a year of teaching, and I don't didn't even know whether or not it was a private or public school, so I'm obviously not an expert. Mm-hmm. But in general, to sum it up, it yeah. seems like, at an international school, you may be required to teach in English a yeah. specific subject or multiple subjects. Yes. Yes. And with a public school, that that's not going to be the case. With a public school, you're going to teach English. Yeah. Um, and with a private school, probably you're also going to teach English. But the point is to find out uh, some kind of as much information as you can before you mm-hmm. before you get started. Yeah. So there's also universities too, and of course in universities you would also teach a subject. Yeah. For sure. But then you would have to be those don't really pay much higher than the um than not yeah schools yeah in, in fact schools. I think in, I think university um Play, like uh, jobs are actually paid less. Yeah, I feel like it's more for the prestige. Mm-hmm. I almost think that the highest paid seem to be kindergarten. Kindergartens. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I just something we hadn't mentioned actually. Um, 
which I'm fairly certain is the case, if you're if you want to work in a in, in an international school, I think you need to have a formal teaching diploma oh, or certificate. Possible. Yeah, so, so you need to actually be a certified teacher instead of just having like a TEFL. Right. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Someone maybe maybe a listener can confirm or whatever that, but I'm I'm fairly certain. Um, and of course, the the rules are becoming are changing and becoming more strict, even for like kindergartens and stuff. So I, I would assume that international schools are becoming more strict too. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Excellent. So today, this week's Chinese word is um, international. So international, mm. which is very versatile, and you'll see it everywhere because China likes international products, services, indeed, and etc. So international is guoji. Cool. So is that the is that the name? Is the supermarket? Does that have the same name? Do you know? Do you know the su- international supermarket? Oh, I don't know international don't know. supermarket. Okay. But Just yes, <laughs> international school would be 国际学校. Cool. 学校, 学校, yeah. 国际学校. And yeah, but 国际酒店, like international hotel, 国际 blah, 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 国际, 国际, 国际. You see 国际 everywhere. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I like it. So I will put the links to... That on our on our page for episode sixty five. So you can go to writtenchinese.com slash episode sixty five and you can see all the notes and links to everything that we've talked about today. Sweet. Yep, 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 yep. Uh so if you would like to uh ask us a question, like Christian did, he used uh, or he left us a voicemail, so you can go to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail and leave us a spoken message, or you can do as many of our other listeners do, just leave us a written message or question on uh, any of our written Chinese pages or um, on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash two white chicks, and two is spelled T-W-O. Nice. And if you are coming to China to teach English, you should probably learn Chinese. So check out the (laughs) app that we've been working hard at uh, from our 9 to 5 by visiting your app store and searching written Chinese dictionary. Indeed. You'll find it, um, and it is awesome. <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> and it's free, yeah. So enjoy, everybody, and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.